Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 314th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! They're on the way to Worthy! Worthy 5! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gadgum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys once again today. Here to get you ready for Carolina and Boston College. That game will come your way on Saturday afternoon. 215 over on the CW. Carolina back on the road um, after two games at home. This time taking on a pesky Eagles team that'll be looking for the upset over a top five Carolina squad. We'll tell you everything you need to know about Boston College, update you on all the stats regarding Carolina, discuss the game, give our keys to the game, and of course, pick the game. But we start every edition of the pod as we always do with our pod pot of the day. And we go to the former governor of California and uh, action movie superstar Arnold Schwarzenegger. And his pod pot is, quote, strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strength when you go through hardships and decide not to surrender. That is strength. And um, and we really talked all year long about this program restoring itself as one of the more elite programs in the sport. It's top of the ACC. It's inside the top five of the AP poll. If we had an NCAA tournament bracket in front of us, Carolina would be on the one line. Um, and these are things that we haven't said the last five years. And we look at this score, it's something we haven't said about the score as much as we love Armando Baycott. Um, and, and guys like R.J. Davis, before this year, they had as difficult a legacy to define given all the up and downs they had experienced. But it's kind of hard-pressed to not think that the uneven success that we've experienced has kind of led us to this point. 
where now it does feel like Carolina basketball is is back where it's supposed to be, which is among the nation's elite programs in the sport um, on top of the ACC. And as we get closer into March, a legitimate shot to win a national championship. Um, I'd rather not do this more often than not. You know, I grew up watching this team win ACC regular season titles left and right, be a one seed in advance to the Elite Eight or Final Four more often than not. But it's why I've stressed this year to uh, really enjoy it and have a lot of fun because I think as, as diehard fans, um, you know, we, we need to enjoy this because the last five years have proven that it's not a guarantee uh, that Carolina is going to stay among the top of the college basketball world. And as we get ready for Boston College, it's going to be a difficult game for Carolina. Um, it always is when you got to go to uh, Connie Forum. Um, it, it's one of the more underrated environments when Boston College is good. And when they're not good, it's as difficult a place to get yourself motivated to go play in because simply nobody is there. Well, there will be a lot of people there on Saturday. The place is sold out. And Boston College is 11-6, and six, and they're 2-4 and four, uh, in league play. Evan won at Georgia Tech, something that Duke couldn't do. And they beat Notre Dame at home, something that um, some other teams have struggled to do with the Fighting Irish. Their road losses include losses to NC State and Wake Forest, two of the teams at the top of the ACC standings at Syracuse, and at then uh, a top 15 Clemson squad. So, um, you know, to, to be two and four, I think it's about as respectable a two and four as you can get. They have four players averaging double-figure scoring, led by the all-ACC player, Clint Post, 16.9 points, 7.4 rebounds, 3.2 assists, shooting 50% from the field, 44% from three. Claudel Harris Jr., second on the team in scoring, 15 points, three rebounds, 1.8 assists, 46% shooting from the field, 42% from three. Jaden Zachary, 12.2 points, 3.1 rebounds, 4.3 assists, shooting 49% from the field, 30% from three. And then Devin McLaughlin, 10.1 points, six and a half rebounds, 1.1 assists. He's shooting 58% from the field and 33% from three. And um, all in all, when you look at it, you see four guys that put the ball in the basket, and they do so very efficiently. This is a team that plays as hard as any team in the conference. Their head coach gets as much out of their talent as much as any other head coach in the ACC does. And Carolina's going to go on the road on Saturday and go into an environment that'll be as not as difficult as they've been in, but as loud as one they've been in against a team that'll be looking for an upset win to jumpstart their season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those games that I think in years past, you've always looked at it and you've said to yourself, how much of a test really is this? This is one of those places. I mean, Carolina went up there a couple of years ago, and but that was at a time where they were not a great team and just absolutely boat raced Boston College. Well, since then, uh, this team has really changed. You know, Earl Grant is a guy that we respected a lot 
We said when he took that job that this was going to be a guy that was going to at least restore them to a team that could you know make some noise in the ACC, could upset some apple carts. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing from them uh, now. And I think that's ultimately what you probably the most you can ask for from Boston College's basketball program. Um, they've got a really good player in Quentin Post that I think Everybody kind of knows about now. He's a guy that's an all-conference player, and that's a guy that you know is going to be a nice test for Armando Baycott with the way that he's been playing. But I think there's other guys. I think more than even in years past, you see a group of guys that can actually score the ball at a high level, and that's been one of their biggest issues. They've always been a really solid defensive team. Nothing great, but usually they, they're a team that defends at a pretty decent level. Their problem was – they just simply could not score the basketball. Well, you got Claude L. Harris averaging 15. You mentioned J- Jaden Zachary, who's been there for a while now, who's averaging 12.2 a game. And then to have Devin McLaughlin, a guy that averages 10.1 and also rebounds at a pretty high level with 6.5 rebounds per game. They're a pretty deep squad as well. They play eight uh, eight players. Uh, for an average of 14 minutes a game. Now, that might be something that's slimmed down as they've gotten into conference play, but it looks like, for the most part, they utilize a lot of guys. So this is going to be one of the more underrated tests that Carolina has. You're having to go on the road. Um, It's your CW game, the lone one that you have on the season, and ultimately, like, that doesn't matter. But at the same time, like, this is one of those games, again – that you could look at and think, if you're not careful, you could possibly overlook this game and just say, well, this is Boston College. Uh, luckily, I don't think that's the case for Carolina. I, I think you know, that Carolina probably played that game on Wednesday night that many people thought they would overlook. This one I feel like they're going to be ready for, especially since it is on the road. But it'll be interesting to see if some of the same things that we saw on the road in the three-game road uh, road trip to begin the full conference slate sort of reappear uh, in this game, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, Wednesday night it's going to help Carolina to be prepared for this game. And, you know, Hubert Davis wouldn't have said it publicly, but it's probably why he enjoyed the way Wednesday night went because – it made it easier to stay on his group during this 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 hot streak where they've won seven straight games um, because you, you you left some plays out there on the court that at home they're not going to make you pay for but you go on the road and you know you give up a stretch where an opponent makes ten of eleven baskets it's going to be a lot harder for you to win um, and and so I think you know that was the one reason why. Uh, you know, Hubert Davis was probably a little bit perturbed, but he was probably also thinking in the back of his mind, well, now it makes it easier for me to still, you know, coach them hard on Thursday, coach them hard on Friday as we do get them ready for a test. And as we were talking about, you know, in the Louisville game, um, is the ACC the best conference in the country? It's not. That's still the Big 12. You want to argue that it's maybe the second or the third best? I think there's an argument to be made because the league is deeper and going on the road is is not a given in this conference. 
Um, and we've seen teams learn that the hard way. Duke lost at Georgia Tech. Miami lost at Louisville. These are things that this team will be reminded of and be told if you're not ready to play, you're going into an arena that's going to be as lively as it's been all year long against a team that will be looking for a win that is capable of beating you um, because they almost beat you last year in your home gym. Of course, Carolina is not the same team, but you've got some of your pieces back from uh, that game a year ago. And, of course, Boston College does in Quentin Post, who, who might be the best player in college basketball that no one, frankly, knows about because of because of where he plays. When you look at this game from the Carolina perspective, they enter, of course, as you know, 14-3. and three. They're undefeated in league play. They're 6-0. and oh. Their first 6-0 and oh start since 2015-2016. Um, they're fourth in the AP poll. Of course, that won't change till Monday. They're seventh in Ken Palm and eighth in the net. Um, the only ACC team to be in the top eight in all three of those metrics, like Boston College. Carolina has four players averaging double-figure scoring, led by R.J. Davis, 20.4 points, 3.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. He's shooting 44% from the field and up to 42% shooting from behind the three-point line. And you've got Armando Baycott, 14.8 points, 10.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists. Um, He's shooting 54% from the field. Harrison Ingram, third on the team in scoring, 12.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 2.6 assists. He's shooting 43% from the field, 41% from three. And you got Cormac Ryan, 10.9 points, 3.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, shooting 39% from the field, 30% from three. Um, After going 18 of 24 from the foul line against Syracuse or against Louisville, Carolina is averaging making 18.9 free throws per game. That is seventh most in the country, and they are attempting 24.9 free throws per game, which is 13th most in the country. As we talked about at the end of the Louisville uh, recap, getting kind of looking ahead to this one, um, this is the first real quote-unquote trap game, if you will, that Carolina has played um, because it's the first – Saturday, Monday turnaround um, because Carolina will be back in action Monday night at home against Wake Forest, a game that will have a big-time feel to it because the Deacons or the Demon Deacons uh, likely project to be an NCAA tournament team this season. It's a big four matchup. Um, And whenever Wake Forest is good and Carolina is good, it does make for a really fun game and a really fun environment. So with that being said, knowing how good Wake Forest is and um, how important that game will be you know, to the Demon Deacons on Monday night, when you look at this game that Carolina has with Boston College, is this the most concerned you've been about a potential loss during the seven-game win streak overall but the six straight wins in ACC play? I mean, I would probably say no. I would not say it's the most concerned because you look at the first three games that Carolina played in conference play, full conference play, 
And I mean, on the road to Pittsburgh, a place that you simply just have not had a ton of success at uh, and a team you hadn't had a ton of success against recently because uh, you lost three straight uh, at Clemson at the time looked a lot more daunting than it's going to end up turning out to be. Um, but I, I mean, at the same time, that was one that I think we all thought was a toss up coming in. Uh, and then, I mean, even to a certain extent, NC State, just because of the environment, um, we've seen that that's a team that's pretty good. I mean, they just beat Wake Forest the other night. Uh, there's a case that they could maybe be the third best team in this conference. Um, so I wouldn't say it's it's the most concerned or um, the, the, the game that I've looked at and thought it was the best chance for Carolina to lose. Um, but at the same time, I think the definition of a trap game uh, that you labeled it earlier is perfect um, because there is the look-ahead factor. Wake Forest is a team that I know people are probably questioning them after the other night if that's a tournament team. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people doing that with the ACC this year. I mean, at this point, the only teams I think that are guaranteed to make the tournament, barring just epic collapses from either team, is Carolina Duke. That's it. Everybody else, I think, is pretty much looked at as a team that's going to have to prove themselves. So Wake Forest is that team now that people are sort of questioning. I think it's ridiculous, but it's it's happening. And you know that they're going to come in fired up. Carolina knows that. Carolina looks at that as probably one of the bigger games that they have remaining on their schedule. So you'd imagine that there is a slight look-ahead factor for Carolina, but at the same time, I mean, I, I do think that this is a team that anytime that we have questioned whether they're ready for a certain type of challenge that comes their way, even to a certain extent, the game that we saw against Louisville, I know that is a game that some people were probably a little bit frustrated in. I know there were moments I was frustrated with the fact that Carolina had let them back in the game, that things were as easy for the Cardinals as it was to start that second half. But at the same time, anytime Carolina has been faced with a challenge this year, they have stepped up and pretty much met it. Yes, they have three losses. I know that. But Carolina has has really done a great job, especially since that game against Kentucky, of taking every challenge in stride and passing it with flying colors. I think this has the potential to be another one of those big challenges. If, if Carolina ends up failing this one for some reason – it's not the end of the world, but at the same time, it's one that you really want because you want to keep this momentum going. Because as I said on the last edition of the podcast, right now you're cruising and there, there were some tough games to begin conference play. But as it's playing out here, and there are some teams on the back end of your schedule that probably aren't going to be as good as you thought they were, that is still going to be the more difficult part of your schedule. This is the easy part of your schedule. So you want to continue to pick up as many wins as you possibly can here early on and help you build a little bit of a cushion in the ACC. The only reason why I actually think this is maybe the most concerned I've been is because this game so far, if you had to scale the value of it, has the least amount of meaning, especially in the road games. Like at Pittsburgh, you know, we saw the tweet from Jones Angel about how emotional that locker room was because it had gotten personal with the way that a former Carolina player, a member of the Pittsburgh staff, talked about the team, the program, and the players after beating them last year. 
when you went to Clemson, well, it was a matchup of two, what, 15, you know, two, two, two top 15 teams in the country at the time. There's going to be a natural um, excitement for that game because it was a road game against that, you know, a ranked opponent. Um, and at the time, many people thought maybe the two best teams in the conference. And then we all know at NC State, like what it means to get up to go play that game. And we know how much our guys love going into that building and winning. There isn't the same like the, the none of those feelings really exist around going to Boston College and winning a basketball game. Great point. Uh, because this isn't Tyree Sanders, Jared Dudley, uh, or, or Tyrese Rice, Jared Dudley, Raheem Sanders, Boston College. When they were a you know an annual NCAA tournament team, a team that competed at the top of the league and was a threat to win the ACC tournament. Like that's not what Boston College is. Um, you know, as when I first got into the sport, hated going to Boston College and playing because it was a raucous environment. It'll be raucous on Saturday, but really since 2010, hated going to Boston College and playing because there was no environment. And you you almost had to just beg your guys to create their own energy because there was nothing to feed off of it. And so that's that's why I posed the question. Hey, I, it's just because this is the first game – they all have meaning. It's an ACC game on the road. But the first handful of them were rather personal for, for Carolina in a lot of different ways. You look at the two home games, they may not have been personal in status, but it was just it just felt good to be back at home. And we, we've seen how dominant this team has been at home where they're now, I think, 7-0, and 8-0, averaging over 90 points per game. We expect them to play – a high-level uh, brand of basketball when they're at home. Now you got to hope that that translates on the road this weekend at Boston College. With that, let's go ahead and transition into our keys to the game. The first key I have written down is Carolina's going to win the battle of the interior uh, between Armando Baycott and Quentin Post. And um, I, I referenced when I was telling you what you needed to know about Boston College, Quentin Post may be as good a college basketball player there is in the country that no one frankly knows about. Um, and you got to wonder how Boston College was able to get enough NIL money to keep him because this is a guy that is going to be an all-ACC dude at the end of the year. Um, is the heart and soul of this team. And, um, you know, as this team goes, he goes. Um, the good news is is that uh, Armando Baycott in conference play has established himself as the best big man in, in, in the conference. Kyle Filipowski is still doing some special things for Duke. P.J. Hall is a great player for Clemson. And Quentin Post is a, is a dominant player for Boston College. But we've seen Armando Baycott kind of – flip the switch, if you will, once ACC play has, has started here, and he's taken his game to another level, and that's going to need to be uh, on display once again Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and look, this is a guy that you know Armando has had relative success against, another one of those big men that I think we look at in the conference and we wonder, okay, how is Armando going to stack up against him? But just about every time that you question Armando in games against – 
these types of players, you you always see Armando step up. And look, Carolina's played them twice each of the last two years. And Quentin Post has never scored more than 13 points in a game. And typically, rebounding-wise, I mean, the, the career high that he has in a game against Carolina is nine. And that came back in, tw- in the 2021-22 season. And that was a game where he scored three points. So he's never really put together an extremely complete performance uh, against Carolina. So they've done a good job with them on that end. And then, you know, Armando's had some relatively good success against Boston College as well. So I think this is, you know, one of those matchups that you look at. And really, as long as Armando does a good job of staying out of foul trouble, I think he'll be fine. You've seen it really the last couple of games. He's done a much better job of trying to keep himself um, from from having to hit the bench um, because he's gotten into foul trouble. I mean, I know he was in a little bit of it against Syracuse, but a big part of that was also that Carolina was just up by so much that they just said, hey, we're going to put you on the bench and keep you there uh, for the majority of the time. But, I I mean, I think this is one of those matchups that – you know, we look at every year, and we've asked it before. Hunter Dickinson's coming in. How will he match up against him? Uh, P.J. Hall, earlier this year and even some of the matchups last year, is P.J. Hall a guy that uh, can possibly take advantage of Armando? But every time that you, you challenge him um, to step up in one of these types of games, he does. Um, and, and, I mean, you look at – I mean, I was saying his career, and it took me a second to pull up his career against Boston College. I mean, every game that he has played against Boston College except for one, he has had a double-double in. So, I mean, this dude is absolutely dominant when he plays this team. You would expect that you'll see much of the same again this year. I think that this is a team that Armando just likes playing against, especially because you're going up against a guy in Quinton Post that is starting to get more and more recognition as we go along. Um, so I, I expect that Carolina will be able to have success. And as always, big part of it too is, yeah, you want to get the, the post you know, established with Armando. Um, Jalen Washington, you like the way that he's been playing off the bench. You want to see him continue to match the intensity that we're seeing with the starters when he comes off the bench. And I think he he will fit well, well in this game against post. You just have to see how he handles himself defensively. But the other key is for Carolina, establishing – uh, you know, uh, presence inside doesn't just fall only on the big man. It has to be them getting downhill, getting to the foul line, may- finishing easy buckets inside. We've seen it. It's been a big part of the recipe here in the last few games, um, and I think it needs to be a big part of what they do in this game, again, against Boston College. If you go back to the game last year, remember they were able to get Quentin Post in foul trouble, but just wasn't able to take advantage of it. I mean, it was one of the more frustrating things that Carolina endured during a rather frustrating season. Um, that needs to be kind of the game plan once again in this game. Uh, we, we, we we really kept tabs on how often <clears throat> Carolina's gotten to the foul line, whether it's through Armando Baycott or through the guards, make this guy work for it um, on the defensive end. And you got to make him work offensively because you got you got to bump him off his spot. You gotta, you're not, I'm not gonna say run them off the three point line, but you gotta be prepared to uh, contest perimeter shots because he can stretch the floor and make those types of uh, make make those types of shots. 
Um, as I mentioned, shooting 44% from the three. Um, but, you know, if, 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 if for some reason Armando struggles, which as you brought up recently or historically he doesn't, you do have another option in Jalen Washington. Um, and we've seen Carolina use multiple defenders to wear down an opponent's best player during this winning streak. And if for some reason Armando Baycott can't get the job done, expect Jalen Washington to get a look on Saturday afternoon. The second key I have is to limit turnovers. Um, not because Carolina's doing a you know, a, a bad job of turning the ball over or not, but it's a road game. Um, and as, as I mentioned, it's going to be a sold-out crowd, and this place will be – this place will be jumping. Um, and, and, you know, if you, you commit live ball turnovers, those leads to layups, dunks in transition, threes, whatever you, and all of a sudden, you know, that that, that, that crowd goes to another octave. And, um, you know, if, if, if you were around back in the mid-2000s, when this place does get loud, it's as loud as any place in the ACC. So with that, you need to see Carolina protect the ball. Um, you know, we, we saw a lot of that three-guard lineup at different times the other night, uh, or three-ball handler lineup, if you will, with Davis, Cadeau, and Trimble. Some of that had to do with foul trouble. Some of it was also just the defensive pressure that Louisville started to apply in this game. Um, and so Carolina, basically just keep it status quo. Keep doing what you're doing because you're not turning it over. You're not beating yourself. That needs to continue on Saturday um, if Carolina wants to leave victorious. Yeah, and look, this is a team that very similar to some of the teams that Carolina has played recently has done a really good job of creating turnovers. Opponents against them are averaging 12.2 turnovers per game, which shockingly isn't as high as you would think it is in the nation. It's about middle of the road. But still, that's a pretty decent amount of turnovers, and we've seen at times Carolina here recently has gotten sloppy with the basketball. Um, it's not, you know, luckily hasn't been to their detriment. They seem to settle it down, especially late in games. But it's part of the reason why teams have been able to hang around at certain times. Um, and, you know, it's something that Carolina just has to be a little bit smarter about moving forward. And in this game, I think it's paramount because, look, the thing is, is that in this game, if you take care of the basketball, Boston College averages 9.8 turnovers per game, um, which is a, a pretty decent amount of turnovers, uh, 336 in the country. So uh, this is definitely one of those areas that Carolina, I think, can get, you know, can, can find a way to create a couple of turnovers and get out on the break. Um, you know, if they, if they can do that, you wonder, you know, can Boston College hold up shooting wise with Carolina? Um, I mean, look, they, they are a team that scores the ball at a pretty high rate, uh, especially, you know, inside the uh, inside the arc, um, inside the top 100 in, in uh, two point makes and two point attempts. But I think this this is an area where if Carolina can hold on to the basketball, they can create some turnovers for a Boston College team that's been okay with holding on to the basketball but not great, then I think Carolina will have a chance uh, to potentially you know pull away, put a little bit of a cushion between them in this game. The last key I have is to defend the three-point line. They're coming off a game where they allowed Louisville to shoot 
over 40% from three. Um, the highest mark that they've given up in conference play by far this season. Um, and like I said, you can overcome certain things at home that you can't do when you're not at home. I don't know if you can go on the road and allow Boston College to shoot 44% from three and expect to come out of that game victorious. Their top two scorers, Post and Harris, both shoot over 40% from three. So you've got to be mindful when those two guys have the ball in their hands from the perimeter because, you know, whenever they let it fly, there's a better chance than not, then the ball is going to go in in the basket. And I go back to that's why Wednesday, I think, was just the perfect game that Carolina played before this one because it made it, it, made it so much easier for Hubert Davis to nitpick and drill his kids and remind them, you know, what, what they got to do and, and honestly show that there's still room for them to grow in that area uh, as a team defensively because some of the shots they gave up from the perimeter um, the other night just simply should not be uh, be allowed. And so um, I think this is one where if, you know, Zachary or McLaughlin, if, if those are the guys are beating you from the perimeter, you probably live with that. But Carolina needs to be locked in defensively against Post and Harris and make sure neither one of them get hot from deep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredibly important in this game because, look, as I mentioned, this is a team that, you know, in terms of two-point attempts per game uh, and two-point makes is inside of the top 100. They don't shoot the three ball nearly as much, but it that's the area that they're most efficient. They're not the, an extremely efficient team inside uh, the arc, but from outside, I mean, they rank inside – of the top 65 nationally. So this is a team that shoots the three ball well. That's something that Carolina did incredibly well in that three-game stretch to begin full conference play was take away the three-point line. They, they did it against some pretty decent shooting teams as well outside of NC State. Um, and I think it needs to be a focus in this game. Make this team have to drive inside on you. They're not a team that draws a lot of fouls. That's not really the way that they play. So to me, if you make them drive inside on you uh, and have to make tough shots over you uh, when you're you know packed into the paint, or um, you know even if they're just getting uh, you know inside uh, the the elbow and stuff like that, I think Carolina can live with that because that's the area where Carolina's operated best. When it's out on the perimeter, it's not that Carolina's been bad guarding out there. They clearly haven't. But that's where some of those screens and everything allow guys to get freed up from beyond the arc and knock down some of those outside shots. To me, not something I'm too worried about because Carolina has made that a focus this year, especially against opponents that can shoot it well from the outside, and they've done a good job of taking it away. But it's certainly one of those areas that if Carolina was to lose this game and you look back, I wouldn't be shocked if it's because Boston College was able to get hot from deep, something that we just haven't really seen many teams be able to do so far this year against Carolina. Carolina enters with a 74% chance to win the game on Saturday afternoon. Who wins the game and why? I think Carolina wins. Um, I think it'll be a tough game, though. I really do. I think Boston College is one of those teams that uh, is feeling pretty good about where they're at. And I think they, coming into this game, probably have this one circled. You mentioned, what does this game mean for Carolina as opposed to some of the other ones that they've played? Well, in Carolina's mind, they have to bring – 
the correct mindset to this game. They have to know that this is a team that's going to look at them uh, as one of the most important games on their schedule. And I think Carolina is going to be prepared for that. I don't think it's going to be one of those games, though, that you're going to look back and say it's very similar to some of the ones that we've seen Carolina play at home. But I could definitely see this fitting into uh, the, the type of wins that we've seen Carolina pick up to begin conference play on the road. I think it'll be close for much of the way, but I think Carolina will pull away late. I like Carolina somewhere between 8 to 12 points uh, to, to win this game. I think Carolina wins as well, but I think this is the, mo- the, the, the this is the most that we will see them be pushed in ACC play. Um, I, I think there's a very good chance when this game gets to the under four timeout in the second half, we don't know who's going to win the ball game. Um, just simply because we we look around the country and we see how it's hard to go on the road and, and win. I think this is where Carolina's experience comes into hand. You know, having two fifth year seniors in the starting lineup along with another senior, um, a junior and a freshman, but. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a Boston College team that's going to be ready to play. It's going to be a crowd that's going to be ready to cheer. Um, and I think it's going to make for a classic ACC road environment that Carolina is going to have to endure. But their talent, their you know, their skill, I think ultimately wins out. And I think this team improves to seven and zero in league play and keeps the hot streak alive. Well, no matter what happens on Saturday, we'll have you covered over at theheeltoughblog.com where, of course, there'll be a preview of the game for you to go to check out. And, of course, after the game, um, go to final, there'll be a recap of the game posted on the website as well as I continue to take you through the basketball season. Any news that comes out of, of the football side, Anthony has you covered with that as well. Uh, Mac Brown added a piece in the, from the transfer portal. Got to got to got to commit in the 2025 class. You can go and check out all that content. Carolina basketball, Tar Heel football. That's HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast, and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way, you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.